0: Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, today on The Detail, the war of words over Māori wards.
1: The guts of this bill is about taking people's voting rights away. The bill will address a discriminatory provision where a poll of fight... Frankly, it
2: undermines local democracy and direct democracy. We
0: party Māori stand in absolute celebration that today we are here dismantling racism
1: has brought forward legislation to to take away democratic voting rights. The Greens consider this bill will help
0: strengthen the Māori Crown relationship at a local level. We look at the new bill that's removed a poll branded racist and discriminatory, why it has brought out such passionate support and angry opposition.
2: This bill, to me, says that I'm not good enough to win a vote of a non maori well I am good enough. Simon Bridges who tries to advocate a Māori
1: position who should not be the MP for Tauranga, he only squeezed home because he forgot about his Māori side yet again during the Tauranga campaign. And I challenge anyone on the other side of the house to stand up and say why this shouldn't be called the local electoral update bill, because that is fundamentally the principle that is at stake here.
0: I talked to Tony Boynton about her own battle in Fakatani to introduce Maori wards. The majority of councillors voted in favour, but it was lost in a public referendum. The
1: type of racism that comes across during a Maori ward campaign, it basically feels like you've got a eighth month or six month campaign where racism is legalised, like a free for all for any kind of anti-Maori propaganda that can come into your letterbox or be written up in newspapers or put in adverts. But first to the basics, I'm on a Zoom
0: call to NZME's Simon Wilson, who has written extensively on the issue.
2: A Māori ward is a ward uh, set up for voters on the Māori electoral roll. Where councils have Māori wards, Um, It operates in exactly the same way as a general election does for Parliament. You choose which role you're on. You don't choose for Council and Parliament. You choose whether you're on the Māori role or the general role. And depending on that, that then determines which ward you can vote for in the Council election. So if you are on the Māori role and there is an option of a Māori ward, you would be voting for candidates in the Māori ward or wards, if there's more than one.
0: If someone is voted in as a Māori ward councillor, do they have the same rights, I guess the same representation as any other councillor?
2: Yes, they do. And that's that's a very important point because there is another model in play in this country and it's the, it's the one that the Auckland Council uses where there is an independent Māori statutory board. You can tell by its title it's set up uh, with statutory powers. It has two representatives on the standing committees of the Auckland Council, which are the whole of council committees. One looks after finance, for example, one looks after planning, one looks after environment, and they are voting members, but they have no representatives on the governing body of council. In other parts of the country would would simply be called the council. So that's a different model, but in the Māori ward model, the Māori ward councillor or councillors uh, have all the rights and privileges and responsibilities Uh, of every other councillor.
0: So how would it be different to having a councillor who's Māori, who's not a a Māori ward councillor, but is someone who stood for council and gets in just on a a normal council ward vote?
2: There are Māori councillors who are not representatives of Māori wards on, on many councils around the country though you probably have to say, I, I'm not sure of the figures, but looking at Auckland, Māori are less represented in the general wards than various other groups are. There are three Samoan councillors on the Auckland Council, for example, which is more than the Māori representation. It's really the same as in Parliament. Parliament has a, a quite a number of Māori MPs who are not representing Māori electorates, Simon Bridges, for example.
0: Yeah, speaking of Simon Bridges, he he has quite a lot to say about this legislation and Māori <laughs> wards. This has come up as a, a, a big debate just recently. But the thing is that it's not Māori ward legislation that's new here because that's been in since 2002 it's this poll that is causing so much controversy isn't it
2: well you could say that that's the current controversy the controversy that's led to this controversy is that although maori wards have been possible for some time In many jurisdictions around the country where it has been proposed that they be introduced, where councils have decided they want them, the law allowed a referendum to be held to determine whether that would happen. And in almost every case, the referendum threw out the proposal.
1: The title reflects exactly what we intend to do, which is effectively change the local electoral Act to ensure that mighty wards and constituencies can be created by removing a discriminatory poll.
2: In other words, you know, one of the weaknesses of democracy is that it can become a tyranny of the majority, and this is a very good example of that. So my question
1: for the minister and the chair is that this bill is
2: about removing the poll. That's what it does. That's what's repeated in all of her press releases. Why not be upfront in the title of the bill and refer to the removal of that poll? If you allow people who are not being favoured by a particular proposal, i.e., non Māori, you know, to have a say over something that is particularly for that minority group, you know, there's a real risk that they will say, nah, we're not going to let that happen. And that has been happening in New Zealand, and that's why the government has gone, well, if we're going to let non-Māori decide on on a fair representation model for Māori, we're never going to get anywhere.
0: Since 2002, when legislation was introduced, 24 councils have tried to set them up. Only two succeeded. The vitriol over Māori wards is nothing new. Dom Brash, former National Party leader and head of Hobson's Choice, led the campaign against them. And don't forget Robin Judd, Mayor of New Plymouth, who was called a bigot and spat on by strangers when he tried to set up a Māori ward in 2014. Well, one of the things of majority is to share that power is, is can be scary. And I know that because I myself, I'm fully Pākehā. And I'm only, I make, look, I make no secret, I'm a recovering racist. I know where they're coming from. I was raised in New Zealand to think like that. Those words that these, chaps and these ladies throw out, Hobson's Pledge people, are trigger points uh, to people to feel a certain way. And I say it taps into a fear, it taps into ignorance, and it highlights our racist undertone in New Zealand there is such strong opposition to it and there's also people who are who are passionately uh, supportive of Māori wards. Why does it cause such strong feelings?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's probably two ways to answer that. One of the issues is that people's sense of what's fair kicks in when they think that somebody's getting something that is more than what they have. Um, And I think that kind of governs a bit of the thinking around the the objection to this. It's not a particularly strong argument because it's not like anybody's going to get more than one vote or, or have a more influential vote or anything. It's just an argument about how you organize the population into wards. And the wards are roughly the same size or allow roughly the same amount of representation. So it's not about giving Māori more of a voice. It's just about ensuring Māori do have a voice. Yeah, and that's that's the important distinction there. But there is a deeper reason why, for, for some people, you know, why the proposal of uh, to have Māori wards is, is objected to. and It, it, it really comes down to a, a lack of understanding, in my view, of the nature of treaty responsibilities and the, the nature of the partnership on which this country is meant to be founded between the Crown and Māori. If if you think that the treaty is inherently unfair because it favours Māori, if you start to think like that, uh, then you're going to be opposed to all sorts of things, including Māori wards.
0: This amendment is a good first step today towards embodying Te Tiriti o Waitangi at a local level and returning the balance of power to mana whenua.
1: And I was disappointed to hear some of those same views that were represented 20 years ago being represented in this House On that particular debate because there are polarized attitudes towards fundamental things like the place of the treaty in our country
0: i know this is really going back to basics but how does the treaty of waitangi fit into all of this
2: well there is an expectation in the treaty that there will be partnership Um, i think probably most new zealanders would, would appreciate that the underlying idea of how we settled and developed and want to develop this country is based on fairness, is based on the idea of proper representation for everybody, and in particular for the Tangata Whenua. What they gave in the treaty process, which enabled the establishment of the nation, what they gave should be reflected in their ability to be properly represented uh, in in the elected uh, parliamentary and local council bodies and the reason for having maori wards therefore is to ensure that the maori voices are represented
1: our whanau maori walk in two worlds in one world we're not necessarily having our values represented and those decisions impact on us on a daily basis. And that clash of worlds, I suppose, when Māori worldview isn't considered, has, a, has huge ramifications, not only on our land and our marais, but also on our our people and particularly our children. That was tony Boynton
0: 's message to Fakatana District Councillors in November two thousand seventeen. She was representing her Mirai Tuapo and Hapu and Waimana to put their case for Maori wards, but she also had a personal submission
1: highlighting how, as a mama of four young Maori boys wanting to be able to Put them in my shoes in terms of how I would want to see the world for my sons and ensuring that the values and the worldview that they hold as a Māori worldview is part of being represented and reflected in the leadership of our communities, in particular local government and the council. But they lost. In 2018,
0: binding referendums in Whakatane and four other councils rejected Māori wards. Boynton says she's always been politically active and she wasn't giving up. She led a peaceful hikoi to the council a week later.
1: Despite the resistance, she's continued to fight. I suppose for a lot of our whanau, we actually become quite desensitised to the racism um, that we receive throughout life, actually. Um, you sort of brush it off, you get used to it. The type of racism that comes across during a Māori ward campaign, it basically feels like you've got an eighth month or six-month campaign where racism is legalised, <laughs> like a, a free-for-all for any kind of anti-Māori propaganda that can come into your letterbox or be written up in newspapers or put in adverts. Unfortunately, it's the ingrained intergenerational attitudes and stereotypes of what Māori are and how, I suppose, the English culture is is more superior to Māori, therefore Māori don't know what's good for them, so therefore Pākehā are the only ones who be able to say what's good for them. That kind of attitude that comes across, that our people would not have the ability or value to be able to give as part of the decision-making or that they determine or feel that the only way that Māori can be elected is if they um, represent a general view, therefore not a Māori-Māori view, <laughs> mm. um, for them to 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 actually be elected. So it was sort of like to get in on your own merit meant that you had to leave your ness behind and convince them... <laughs> Um, that, that you would be good as their representative, not necessarily a Māori representative.
0: So can I ask you, um, what do you think of the political debate that's been going on in the last couple of weeks over the amendment to this bill to remove the poll? Simon Bridges said...
2: As a Māori man, it says I'm not good enough because of my papa because of the colour of my skin. And they laugh over there.
0: David Seymour, who also is PAP Māori, says...
1: What we should do is call it the apartheid bill, the local electoral apartheid bill, because that's what this bill is really about, is taking two groups of people and saying they have different sets of rights.
0: And says it will divide the country.
1: What do you think of what they're saying? Oh, they're really trying hard to keep a hold of their members, I suppose. (laughs) It's difficult because uh, we were actually in the house when they were saying that, so we went to Wellington to listen to the final readings. And that kind of rhetoric's been going on for a long time, and I'm not sure how well-connected Simon Bridge is to his Māori tāna, Um, side, but it's concerning that he would feel sorry for Māori that they have to take this act because it shows that he doesn't necessarily realise what representing a Māori worldview is and having somebody who is either actively participating in in their marae or their hapū or within their culture um, how difficult it is to be able to do that if you um, have to maintain a general reflection of your constituents and if the majority of them are not Māori like we have seen uh, in our own region when we have stood in the past for council I I stood in uh, 2019 we weren't voted in because we, we represent something that they're not familiar with and Simon obviously represents to his constituents and not necessarily as Māori or as from a Māori world view. So I feel half for him actually mm. that he has to say things like that. Huh. Um, when it comes to David Seymour, it, it's it's you know, saying it's apartheid is 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 terrible. We know that there are already models of regional council, like Bay of Plenty Regional Council, has been operating now for 20 years with Māori wards. And in fact, it it has, even in the Human Rights Commission report, I think it was 2010, that was released, it was found that those who had opposed it based on thinking it was going to cause division and separation, actually changed their minds and found that the communities were better connected, and um, there was better relationships. Um, better communication And they've, they haven't had any concerns Regarding Māori wards since Neither has Wairau Council Who voted in Māori wards um, They have a high population of Māori And they also have Mana standing committees So it's just been positive For them So mm. this whole thing about it being apartheid That it causes division and separation Is just playing into Those intergenerational racist stereotypes of Māori. But it wasn't just
0: David Seymour calling for a name change to the bill. These were some of the other suggestions, their message that the bill was rushed through and undemocratic ignore the public vote amendment bill, the local electorate underarm delivery by Labour government amendment bill, screw the scrum in favour of Māori wards and Māori constituencies amendment bill, the local electorate so. stacks the cards in favour of Māori wards and Māori constituents amendment bill.
2: I believe that those kinds of arguments are willfully ignorant and that makes them racist. It would be screwing the scrum if we were saying, okay, a Māori vote is going to be worth five times as much as a Pākehā vote, but we're not saying that, not being said at all. There is no proposal here to change the strength of Maori representation, except that to ensure that there is Maori representation, you know, but it's on the same exactly the same basis as as everybody else's representations. Just to ensure that Maori are represented, putting this legislation through under urgency, particularly given that the arguments are well known and have been traversed already, means that it can happen in time for the next election, and that that's a very good thing.
0: So, is it all just? you know, opposition politicians making a big deal of it. I mean, David Seymour related it to apartheid and Simon Bridges said it was insulting to a Māori man.
2: Uh, Well, um, is he speaking for himself there? You know, if he feels insulted, he's insulted, I guess. Again, if you look at the election last year, I, I went to some election meetings last year where there were very angry people who were upset about a range of what you might think of as fringe right-wing views. They were very vocal. If you looked at Billy Takahika speaking, I went and listened to him in, in Aotea Square. And, and You know, there are people who were genuinely upset and angry about a, a range of issues towards the extreme right. It didn't turn up in the vote. We aren't that country.
0: You talked about the Independent Māori Advisory board. So say if Māori uh, wards are introduced in in Auckland, will that board still have a place or do they kind of take over from the role of that board?
2: Um, Well, the board is set up by statute. If it's going to disappear, it has to disappear by statute. And that would require a process where the Auckland Council and the board itself and I imagine pretty wide consultation with IWI uh, would agree on a plan for what to do. I'm not aware that that is happening in any formal sense. There may be uh, informal conversations going on, but I don't know that in Auckland there is a plan at this point for whether there will be change, whether there will be Māori wards straight away. There will be a lot of people with a lot of views, and you know, a lot of Māori voices will want to be heard, and and they should.
0: What's your feeling? I mean, will there be crossover there?
2: My feeling is it's an issue for Māori, <laughs> okay. um, how Māori want to be represented. Given 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 the options that they would now have, independent Māori statutory board, or the or, the, or Māori wards, or or some amalgamation of the two, I I, I really don't know. But it, it really is an issue for Māori how they want to be represented, and. When the government um, new law comes in, that will give them some choices. People used to think that the Māori seats in Parliament was just an excuse for Labour to have some more seats. But actually, the Māori seats in Parliament are among the most fiercely contested seats in the last two or three decades. They've changed hands more than most general electorates. And I would imagine that that's the sort of thing that might happen in councils as well. It's not that you're setting up a a safe seat for some particular point on the political spectrum to just own. They will be contested. What's happening in Maori politics is fascinatingly complex and demanding. And if there are Maori wards around in councils, That will be the location for some very strong and lively and very constructive political debate about how those cities and how those districts and regions uh, should develop.
0: That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Mark Jennings. And thanks to Tony Boynton and Simon Wilson. Ka kite ano.